This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, and the most high in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. At this point, let me uh, make everyone aware that we do have the chat room open and available for your comments and questions. This week's topic is titled, The New Normal, Same-Sex Parent Families. And uh, this topic is taken from an article in uh, parenting from Parenting.com, um, from the March 2011 issue, and the title of the article is The Same-Sex Family Next Door. That's going to be the topic of discussion today. And I don't know what that conjures up in your mind, but I would imagine in, in uh, many minds um, there's something that's really odd about that. You know, there's something weird. Uh, they look at that maybe as being really out of order, uh, filthy. Maybe the kids are going to be out of order. It's got to be very difficult for kids to to be raised in an environment like that. You know, it's just going against the grain, and it, it shouldn't happen. And then on the other hand, you have some people that are very accepting. You know, it's something new, it's different, and they celebrate differences in the world. But so we're, what we're going to do today is we're going to we got a, a group of brothers here that are going to go through the scriptures and help us gain some understanding of whether this is something that you should accept or is it something that's completely out of order and unacceptable. And joining me today to go over this subject, we have, first of all, our brother Kazakia. Hey, shalom to the brothers on the panel. Shalom to everyone that's listening. Giving all praises to the Heavenly Father in Christ. Definitely uh, thankful and appreciative to be back to talk about this particular subject matter because it's a uh, it's something that's uh, that's growing in this country, and uh, Lord willing, we'll have the understanding and, and give the edification out of the scriptures to the words of our Lord and Savior Christ. Okay, and next we have our brother Yohanan. Yes, uh, good afternoon to all. Glad to be here to discuss this uh, this topic here. Giving all praise to Heavenly Father and Son, Christ. And also taking a virtual seat in the virtual living room, we have our brother Kabar. Yes, uh, giving all praises to the Most High Christ for the opportunity to bring forth the doctrine of our Lord. Uh, and greetings to all the uh, listeners and the brothers on the panel. Good to be here. Now, brothers, I'm certain that uh, you've read over this article, and um, I, I think the first uh, section of this article really, really illustrates what this whole deal is about the, the same-sex family next door and what this notion is about the new normal. And uh, that first section is just a tad bit lengthy, but I think that it would probably be good since uh, we, this is not an article that we can have a link to the, uh, on the Internet to it, uh, for me to go through and just read uh, that entire first section to just illustrate to our audience um, you know, exactly how this thing is going about right now. Uh, it starts out, my three-year-old twin boys and I are camped out on the terminal floor at the Denver airport, halfway through a five-hour flight delay, and surrounded by plastic planes, action figures, and lollipop wrappers. 
Soon, another set of young boys is lured to our sticky little campsite by the tiny bar- baritone catchphrases coming from a Buzz Lightyear toy. Twins, their mom asks, after the four boys negotiate the rules of engagement. The newbies can play with Buzz, but not Spidey. Mine, too, she confirms. With common ground established, we begin sharing the complaints of our kind. I have to buy two of everything. As our kids play superheroes, I am introduced to her husband, who shares the same strong Boston accent of his wife. We are all chatting amiably when my wife, Emily, returns from checking our flight status. You guys sisters, the mom asks. And here is the moment I hate, the explaining of the situation, E-O-T-S. Most of the time, the E-O-T-S is not a big deal at all. But then again, we live in New York City. Not just New York City, but a liberal enclave in Brooklyn called Park Slope, where, depending on the time of day at the local playground, same-sex parents just might outnumber the straight ones. I recognize, though, that not everyone is down with two women or two men raising kids together. So there's the chance this family might quietly pack up their stuff and build their own campsite somewhere else upon the EOTS. Will, will our impromptu party suddenly become unbearably awkward? No, we're not sisters, I say, as I have hundreds of times before. Emily and I do look somewhat similar. We're partners. My new friend Brightenson says, oh, who carried? Who carried? After I tell her that it was me who carried, we swap birth stories. Her husband leans over to tell Emily that he gained 25 pounds worth of sympathy weight. Did you have the same problem, he asks. Clearly, the only person there with any judgment of preconceived notions was me. I shouldn't have been surprised. In the five years that M and I have been married, no, it's not legal. And in the three and a half years since we've had the boys, that's pretty much pretty much the way it's gone. We've received nothing but love, support, or surprisingly plain old indifference from friends, family, and strangers. That apathy says a lot about how much a part of the social fabric we have become. Truth be told, we are neither sensational nor worth remarking upon. We are just the new normal. Brothers, the new normal. Before we get into that, let me just say one thing to the audience, and that thing is, if you decide you want to come in and visit us in the virtual living room, you can do so by calling 646-716-7749. And you must press one on your phone in order to come on the air. Okay, so with that said, I want to welcome our brother Abaja to the virtual living room. Hey, Shalom, everyone. Most find the name of Christ's blood. It's good to be here. And let's go into this whole thing about the new normal for families. You know, at one time, you know, uh, I mean, when, whenever you think about families, typically you're, you're looking at uh, – an image of a husband and a wife and uh, one or two or five or ten children, and and that's the family. Um, But then you have the Brady Bunch type of family, which you might have a a husband who 
had a previous relationship and he has children, a wife with a previous relationship and she has children, and now they merge those two families together. So that's a somewhat different type of family, but it's still a husband and wife. And then, of course, you have the single-parent families. It's just a man and children or a, a woman and children. But this is the new normal now where you have a woman and a woman or a man and a man raising children. So, Kazaki, you brought this uh, this article to our attention. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I, the reason why I brought this article to us, uh, to to the rest of the brothers on the panel, was for the overall sake of this is something that uh, that, that that really needs really needs to be addressed because in these days and times right here, it, I mean, look at what the family has become. Look at and, and we have to we have to look at what the family has become. Also, looking at the scriptures out of the Bible as what the family is supposed to be, and uh, <clears throat> and when we talk about uh, same sex same sex families, ch- uh, children involved, well, children in that family unit, quote unquote family unit, or that family structure with uh, parents of the same sex. One of the one of the questions that has to be raised is what kind of example is being is is, is being shown or is being taught to the cho- uh, to, to to children. Uh, so as far as my thoughts my thoughts on the uh, same sex marriage uh, or excuse me same sex family structure excuse me we've got the goal and we've got to establish and 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 guide our lives by thus saith the Lord in the Bible. Okay, that's. That's where our thought processes and that's where or, or our sentiments are supposed to lie, first and foremost, with what the Lord says or what the Lord establishes, establishes, and then we guide our lives and we conduct ourselves behind that right there. Okay. Now, you, you um, raised one question, and that is um, what type of example? Uh, Kabar, uh, in, in this article, it talks about, you know, if, if, if you look at uh, the example of parents are setting, Oftentimes, you can see what that example is through the children, how the children turn out. And, and uh, part of this article uh, reads, uh, wherever, we, wherever we live, speaking in terms of same-sex parents, wherever we live, it turns out that we are raising some pretty well-adjusted kids. The U.S. National Longitudinal Lesbian Family Study, which followed the children of 154 lesbian mothers over 25 years, reported that our teens had fewer behavior problems, and better school performance than their peers with straight parents. So um, Nanette Gartrell, M.D., the lead uh, researcher, was not surprised by the results. The children we studied were highly desired, she says. They didn't result from a broken condom or too much alcohol. Their parents worked hard to have them and didn't take the privilege of having kids lightly. They took parenting classes and educated themselves that's what makes for a good outcome. No matter what the family structure, they built strong communities for their families from the beginning. So this this is a very very strong indication that they are setting a very good example, Kabar. Well, see, and it's very interesting because uh, this uh, national longitudinal lesbian family uh, study. Uh, and the director of it, this uh, Nanette Cantrell, you will find uh, many times the heads of directors of these type of programs are themselves involved 
and the same acts like lesbianism. Because remember, um, you know, this is this is a thing they study. Uh, and there's another. The, I read the, the, in the paragraph above it. It says, um, uh, Ellen Kahn, a family project director of the Human Rights Campaign, a lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans transgender transgender civil rights organization, how they promote gay and lesbianism and equal rights and trying to get them, you know, uh, the ability to have legalized marriages, so on and so forth. What you'll find is that these people are themselves uh, either homosexual lesbianism, meaning men with men, gay, uh, men with men, women with women, and they promote these things because they are themselves involved in these things. And they, and they have these programs and they have these studies in order to say, hey, look, you know, we're better off than same-sex people. And I mean, we're better off than, than um, you know, uh, heterosexual pe- people, heterosexual couples, and their children do much worse than we do. And one of the, there's two main things you have to understand about this. And one of the things is that they're only looking at a small cross-section of the heterosexual population as far as uh, when you have a man and a woman in the house and what happens as far as behavioral things, so on and so forth. You have a segment that that does um, – uh, don't produce as highly and as well, but then you have also a large segment that does. The second thing is that it's like what the scripture says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 32 about these kind of people. It says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And that's what these type of people are. They're going to set aside the commandments of what the Lord say and try to find justifications for the people who commit these acts. Not only do they do the same acts and promote the same acts, but then they also have pleasure or try to promote the acts of these people in the world who's doing the same or involved in the same thing as they are. And that's where the problem comes in at. We know according to, to the scriptures, marriage is between a man and a woman in Christ under the commandments of God. Okay? And in Hebrews Hebrews 13 and 4, it tells us of that kind of marriage, which is the only uh, 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 proper legal marriage as far as the scriptures are concerned. Hebrews 13 and 4 tells us marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. So the only marriage that is recognized according to the scriptures is, like I said, a man and a woman under, under the commandments of God in Christ. Anything outside of that, is dealing with whoremongers and adulterers and fornication. Whether you want to say it's my partner, same sex, whatever you want to call it, the scripture is telling you either it's whoremongering, adultery, or fornication, which both of those fall under. And there's, there's no other way to try to uh, frame it or make it look acceptable. But you have these people in organizations that are not only do the same things, but have pleasure or promote the acts of these people in a world who's also doing the same things like same-sex marriages, partnerships between man and man and woman with woman, trying to promote it like it's a good thing and try to find every excuse to break down anything, any semblance of a proper marriage or a scriptural marriage or a biblical situation that we're supposed to be into. So it just shows you the biasness of these type of organizations and how they promote the wickedness of this world. Okay. Uh, now, on, um what what Kabar uh, has done is he's um, actually uh, gone through a lot of information from the scriptures. The author of this article, however, 
has uh, gone and done some research, as most uh, writers do. They were they were researching different places and uh, pulling material and and share that information with you. And so she's she's gotten uh, information that's written by various doctors and so forth, and uh, you know other um, information from uh, studies of couples and. Uh, different excerpts from uh, different articles and magazines and experiences and so forth and put together this article. Now, some would say that the information that Kabar just shared with us is uh, is outdated, it's antiquated. You know, this this whole notion of the scriptures, you know, it needs to be updated because it needs to come up to today's time, you know, which uh, it, it's not accurately reflecting the reality of living in this modern world. What's your viewpoint on that? Well, to the, the viewpoint of the, the ones writing the articles and the doctors or wherever they may be, case study, case study. Okay, let's say they did a case study 10 years, 15, 20. Let's give them 35 or even 40 years. I mean, what is that compared to the wisdom of the Lord? Um, I'm going to go to a book in the Apocrypha. It's, um, it's, it's titled Ecclesiasticus 19 and 22. These are books that's been um, taken out of the Bible, but they're nonetheless they're still scriptorial, the words of the Heavenly Father. And it reads in Ecclesiasticus 19 and 22, it says, The knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom, neither at any time the counsel of sinners prudence. So the things that it goes pertains to wickedness, which is outside of what the Heavenly Father gave from us from the beginning, and 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 you know you are correct when you say that the, what what this uh, what this the scriptures the viewpoint that Kabbalah brought is very old. It's extremely old. It's not outdated, but it is the wisdom of the Lord from the beginning. So yes, it is. Mm-hmm. There is that that wisdom is very old, very very extremely old. But guess what? It's the only wisdom that will give you eternal life. And it reads again. It says there is a wickedness and the same. Excuse me. The knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom, neither at any time the counsel of sinners prudence. So here in this case, um, comparing the viewpoint that Kabar the brother is bringing, comparing it to what this person is bringing, that counsel, what that per- these panel of doctors or whatever is bringing, that's total wickedness. So that counsel, that understanding what they might think is right or wrong, or the span of their what, let's give them 40 years. 50 years in their practice would be stretching it. All of that whole 50-year case study is not what wise and is not prudent because it's going into sin, and it cannot stand up to the word of the Heavenly Father. And also, you know, Josiah, just as far as these councils and these groups, okay, and these science, okay, the scientific professional classes on tell everybody else what it really is, and they need to just shut up and listen. It was scientific. It was scientists and groups who came together and and discussed and gave evidence that the earth was flat. It was scientists in these groups that came together and agreed and said that breast milk was bad for your babies. And we both know all of that turned out to be completely false and bogus. So, of course, they based this on hard science and the scientific method on what they built and came up with these studies that were supposed to be correct. Then it turned out to be completely, utterly wrong and just trash thrown together by people with internet PhDs, or might as well be. So it just shows you it's not reliable. It's not reliable, and we know that the scripture tells us that the word of the Lord endures forever. 
So when everything else crumbles to ashes, it's going to be the same words of the Lord that we're reading right here that's going to stand the test of time. And that's what we're talking about. Okay. Now, uh, Abaja, um, Brother Yawanathan just brought out how these are, are wicked acts. You know, so could, could you explain, you know, your viewpoint on uh, this whole thing about same-sex parenting? You know, you got two women or two men raising children together as though they were a, a, a husband or a wife. Um, it's, what, if anything, is wicked about that? I mean, they're, they're doing okay by the children according to this article. So what's what's so bad about that? The children seem to be raised and well-adjusted. In fact, in this article it says, uh, following that last part I read, it says, I don't think any gay parent thinks her or his kids are better than anyone else's. But what the findings do prove is that their offspring are no more likely to be messed up than anyone else's. We're not raising freaks. Our kids are totally boringly normal. And that's a salient argument against those who think that having gay parents is patently unhealthy for children. It would be naive, of course, to say that all it's all rosy for, America, for gay Americans and their families. Most polls show that about 50% of the country is still opposed to legalize marriage for gay couples, and the lack of marital rights has a huge impact on financial and legal statuses once kids are brought into the mix. So what's so wicked about that? Well, I'm going to first start off by saying it's not my opinion that I'm stating, but basically given the understanding according to the scriptures. I want to read the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in St. John chapter 7 and verse 24, okay, because you have the question, what's wrong with that? You know, what, what's, I mean, you have two people that are financially stable and raising these children up in a, in a stable environment. Uh, they don't have discipline, discipline problems like other children. Um, they grow up and seem normal. They don't, you know, act out or tend to act out as much statistically. Uh, they, don't, they don't have any more behavior problems, is right. what she stated, because the statistics that were based on the study said that they were highly desired and they had less. But then, you know, the, the author is bringing out that, you know, it would be wrong to think that their kids were any better. They said, you know, they, but they, they're no better or no worse. They're just like any other kids. They're just normal. They're just well, kids. Okay. Well, I'm going to read what the Lord says. The Lord says in John 7 and 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And mm-hmm. it just goes back to just the fundamental core issue of that structure, that family structure and example that is set. I mean, if you had you know, two women or two men that were living in a household who were, you know, heterosexual that were raising children, that's all well and good. But the fact that the basis of that, uh, of those living arrangements is the fact that this is a um, a same-sex relationship at its core, according to the scriptures, that is not correct. And those people need to repent, thus saith the Lord. So that's why you said judge not according to the appearance, because according to the appearance, you look at all the statistics, you on the surface, okay, these kids seem normal, you know, they seem accepting of others. Sometimes they may, you know, catch a little bit of a hard time because of the way that their parents chose to live. But that's not righteous judgment according to the Bible. Righteous judgment according to the Bible is that those two individuals who are the parents have to repent according to the scriptures. And that's just the bottom line because we can't, we can't lean on our own understanding when it comes to, you know, the scriptures and deciding what's right and what's wrong. The Lord told us what is correct and what
what is incorrect according to the Bible. And I'd also like to uh, just drop another interesting uh, statistic in there, because according to the most recent U.S. Census, the, the South, the so-called Bible Belt, has the largest share of gay parents in the country. So that's showing you really? here it is. Yes. Yes, this was documented on, uh, you can find it out on the article it's on CNN. Um, the, South, the so-called Bible Belt has the largest share of gay parents in the country. So when you look at that, I mean, the Bible Belt, this is where the so-called morals are supposed to be more so ingrained in the country, and you see the hypocrisy. And it's not about, you know, what church you go to or, you know, uh, how you worship. It's about applying the commandments of the Heavenly Father. And you're seeing that the current trend is that more and more people are getting away from the doctrine of repentance in Jesus Christ and basically choosing an a la carte attitude of, okay, you know what, uh, Jesus is love. So, you know, they had this whole come as you are doctrine or this whole inclusion doctrine where you come as you are. And, you know, Christ dealt with all of the sinners and the taxpayers, I mean, the, the publicans and the, the harlots. And But when you look at his doctrine, the reason they came to him because they knew and understood that according to the word of the Heavenly Father that they were being condemned, but Christ gave them the room for repentance, meaning that they understood, okay, you know what? According to the, the law, I'm supposed to be put to death. What I'm doing is wrong. And these people, because before Christ came, you had the scribes and the Pharisees. They wouldn't allow those people. Those people couldn't sacrifice. They couldn't repent. But the Lord's mercy through Jesus Christ is what allows us to repent from those things, and that's what he came to give. That was the love. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. I hear everything you're saying, but, uh, Kazaki, one, one uh, resounding question in my mind, you know, is, is what is really wrong with this situation? You know, because uh, true enough, you, you're supposed to go by the scriptures to figure things out. You know, you're not supposed to lean to your own understanding and so forth. You're supposed to have righteous judgment. But, Kazakia, where does scripture say that there's something wrong with these two women or these two men raising children? Let's see here. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 4, starting at verse 1 and verse 2. And Adam knew his. Excuse me. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was the keeper of sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. So basically, I read this particular scripture to show this is the family structure the way the Lord had intended. A man, a woman. Now, the brother has, the brother Kabar has already given the edification that the true family, first of all, before we start even get to the family, let's get with the, let's get and deal with the parents. A man in Christ and a woman in Christ coming together, learning, repenting, growing in Christ, they come together with the with with, with, with under the notion of we're gonna to come together and be a family, be a unit, with the heavenly father and Christ as the basis or, 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 or the foundation of this unit. Therein is your true marriage, first and foremost. Anything outside of that, that's, as the brother has already brought out, that is fornication. Now, to bring it up to the New Testament, let's see. In Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. 
which is the first commandment with promise. So here, all throughout the Bible, you see the Lord showing us the true and proper family structure in which it is supposed to be a man in Christ, learning, growing in Christ, keeping the commandments, following the example of Christ, and a woman in Christ, learning and growing in Christ, keeping the commandments, following the example of herself, of Christ. They come together and they raise children and teach the children Christ and how to follow Christ. That truly is the true family structure, the way the Lord outlines it in the Bible. Now, this, the way the Lord outlines it in the Bible, it is not outdated. It is not antiquated. If anything, it needs to be truly promoted and taught upon. Because look at the society in which we have now, in which not only do you have uh, same-sex uh, parents raising children, you have children with no fathers, you have children with no mothers, and then you also have children who are grown up in a, a, a family structure in which there is a father and a mother, but they're not learning anything about their Heavenly Father in Christ. So the overall point becomes, let's focus on how, it, how the Lord wants it to be. Let's focus on the way the Lord intends it. We put our thoughts and our opinions to the side because they don't, to the Lord they don't matter. Matter of fact, the Lord tells us not to lean on our own understanding. So what we're supposed to lean on is the Bible and the scriptures, the teachings of Christ, and guide our lives according to that. Reading on, Ephesians chapter 6, now verse 3, that it, that it may be well with thee, and, that, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So the problem when you have families, or, or excuse me, same-sex parents trying to raise children, is the fact that that's not according to how the Lord stated. That's not according to how the Lord outlined it. The way the Lord outlined it, the way the Lord wants it to be, is men in Christ, women in Christ, coming together, raising their children in Christ. And that's the way the Lord sets it up. Also, if I could read just quickly, Ecclesiasticus chapter 3 in the Apocrypha, it says, starting at verse 1, Hear me, your father, O children, and do thereafter that ye may be saved. For the Lord hath given the father honor over the children, and have confirmed the authority of the mother over the sons. So here, here again, you see that structure, the way the Lord sets it up, the father and the mother, not father and father or mother and mother. Or I'll say it this way, not two men in which one is acting in the role of a father and the other, the other man is acting in the role of a mother, neither do you have two women in which one is acting in the role of a mother and the other woman acting in the role of a father. That is out of order. That is confusion. And then when you have children in that type of environment, that teaches them confusion. And which the scriptures tells us that we're supposed to train up our children in the way that they should go. Meaning we're supposed to train and instruct and raise our children according to, to the scriptures, according to Christ. You know what, Messiah, when we come back, I want to further add on to that point Zach was making and then talk about this of the new normal and why, how we got to this of the new normal. Absolutely. Uh, we, we definitely discussed that. And also uh, I want to discuss the point that uh, some people might say that uh, the description of marriage that Zach read in uh, Genesis first chapter may have been the way the Lord uh, started out. That was the first marriage relationship. But maybe there are some other marriage relationships that 
uh, the Lord has uh, also which are women with women and men with men. We're going to talk about that as soon as we come back. The Body of Christ Church invites you to listen to all our programs on Blog Talk Radio. These programs are meant to edify the listener regarding repentance and good works that come to the Holy Scriptures. The weekly program schedule is Sunday at 2 p.m., Tuesday at 8 p.m., Wednesday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., and Saturday at 9 a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Our Spanish broadcast is at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time each Saturday at blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC. Please accept our invitation to call in to our show at 646-716-7749. Your comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. Again, call in now. Please dial 646-716-7749. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is one 871 1712 Our email address is U Reach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's Body of Christ at ureach.com. Our website, thebocc.com, contains our telephone number and email address, as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification in repentance and good works. Again, our website address is thebocc.com, so please feel free to connect with us today. Okay, we're back, and today we're discussing uh, same-sex parents and uh, parenting families. Uh, What we have here is a situation where you have uh, two women or two men uh, that have come together uh, as husband and wife or as wife and wife or husband and husband to raise children together. They're family. And so, Barbara, before we went on break, there was some points that you wanted to bring up. You can go ahead and do that now. Yes, we can. You know, you were saying, um, you know, where does it actually say in the scriptures where, you know, it's a problem for this man and this man to raise a child or this woman and this woman to raise a child? You know, what's, what's wrong with that? Uh, the scripture does deal with, address that directly. The brother went through and showed you how marriage was between a man and a woman under the commandments of the Lord. And also it further tells you that we're not even getting to a point where you have this man and the man or woman and woman trying to raise a child, the very fact that you have a man and a man and a woman and a woman coming together in the type in the in the type of union to want to call it a marriage or a partnership to begin with is wrong. When we go to Romans chapter one, we're gonna be read verses twenty six and twenty seven and it it says it says for this cause, meaning the wicked who would not receive the commandments of God, it says for this cause God gave them up to their Unto vile affections. Now, rem- remember, the, the things that it's going to discuss is saying that these are vile, meaning low-down, detestable things. 
these are vile affections. It says, for even their woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So let's just get this whole, I was born gay, I was born a lesbian, I was born homosexual, out of it. It is against nature, meaning the way it was created. Now we're going to get more edification on what does he mean that was against nature, that these women did. Verse 27, it says, likewise, meaning just like these women that he talked about earlier, likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust, not love, not anything good. Remember, these are vile affections. It said burnt in their lust. And what was that? What was that lust? It says one toward another, men with men. Okay, just like earlier talking about that woman changed that changed the natural use. What did they do? They went with men, women with women, just like likewise. And it's talking about this men with men. Now, what did they say they did? It says working that which is unseemly. Okay, now unseemly meaning not proper, not right, wicked, or like the scriptures called it, vile. It says, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense, meaning that judgment or that punishment, of their error. So it shows you this thing that they did, or the woman with women or the men with men, that is an error. That is a vile affection. That is unseemly. All the language that the scripture is using. So it says, receiving in themselves that the recompense of their error, which was meat, meaning the judgment that came upon them, the punishment that came upon them was proper and right from the Lord. So you see, the very fact that you have a man and a man or a woman and a woman coming together and want to call it a marriage or a union or a partnership is, is absolutely wrong and detestable, detestable and out of order. So if that is the beginning of it, Everything that's produced out of it is also incorrect. Now, you want to have organizations who are also the individuals running these organizations do the same thing or just as wicked, trying to justify those who commit these acts. But that doesn't give it any credence. That doesn't give it any validity. The fact of the matter is you got the wicked justifying the wicked, the wicked trying to say it's right. But that doesn't mean it's right. The scriptures show you that it's a vile, unseemly error. Wow. Now, listen, there's a whole lot that comes to mind with you reading that. But I think I probably want to go and ask about the children in this situation, because one thing that you said is that if that's the beginning, then no good can come out of it. Now, when a child is born, the child is innocent of any sin. They've committed no sin. They don't have any choice of this. You have a woman, she goes to a fertility clinic, and she becomes impregnated. She has a baby. What choice does that child have about that? Are you, and you're telling me you're suggesting that this child is corrupt from the very beginning because of who, who the parent is? Absolutely not. That is not what I'm saying. And, and the proof okay. that if you go into Ezekiel, if somebody could pull that out real quick, Ezekiel, the 18th chapter. So it shows that every individual is judged by their own sins not the sins of anyone else. Now you have a child that may be born into the situation who grows up and applies the commandments and understanding of the Lord and then comes back and tells tell the parents, the so-called parents, these same-sex parents, and say, hey, listen, this thing that y'all, you guys are doing, it's wrong. That, that child has what? Come out of that, repented, and reproved that, which is what the scripture says, that, that wicked 
or that or that um, uh, work of darkness, that child is going to be blessed. The Most High is going to be with that child. Christ is going to be with that child and guide them to the what? The fullness or the perfection of the understanding in the scriptures. Now, that child doesn't have anything to do with the sins that the parents committed. All that child has to do is not commit the same sins, learn about Christ, and move forward. And that sin is on the parents. They're living their own life in Christ. That's the difference. And what I mean, what good to come out of it is meaning this. If these same-sex marriages raise these children's up, children up to accept and believe that this is okay, then you have another generation that's going forward with a false, wrong, wicked interpretation and understanding of what life is really about. That's the no good that will come out of it. But if that child turns around, repents, come to Christ and see and reprove their parents and say, listen, according to the scriptures, what you guys are doing is wrong. That's not because I'm saying it or because I hate you. It's just because the scriptures say that this is a detestable, uh, uh, unseemly error that you're doing, and you need to repent. And and that's on the parents. That's not, that's not on the kids. As long as the kids live in the commandments, do the commandments, they're fine. It's on the parents. I got that verse, too. It's uh, Ezekiel 18 and verse 20. I'm going to go ahead and read it. It, it says, Break it down, bro. It says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Okay? The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. So the soul that sinneth, the one that breaks the commandments, the Lord says, That soul that breaks the commandments, that same soul shall die. Then he goes on and says, The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. So the instance that we're speaking of here, if this person is brought up in this bed of wickedness because it's against the word of the Heavenly Father, the Most High is not going to punish that child for being brought up in that abomination. It says, The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. And likewise, if you raise your son right and he wants to go off, you as a parent is not going to get charged for that. Each soul is going to bear what they've done. We're going to receive the works done in each body, in our body. That's that's what the scriptures say, and that's what the brothers was bringing up. But but at the same time, like the brother was saying, he was brought up. In, if he was brought up in that uh, that curse, that child was brought up in his wickedness. He's going to learn ways that is not right, and it's going to go further into corruption of the spirit and the soul by far, by breaking more commandments of the heavenly Father. But he still has a chance yet to repent, like the brother was bringing out. This is the verse that states that. Okay. It says. The soul, shall, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. So if you want to be wicked, the Most High will reward you for your, for your corruption, and the Most High will also, if you want to be righteous, the Most High shall reward you for your what? Your blessing of faith and repentance in Christ and doing the things the Most High commanded us to do from the beginning. Okay. All right. Well, thank you then for that. Uh, you want to talk? Because I, I want to get back to uh, something that you had brought out earlier uh, from, uh, I think it was the first chapter of Genesis that you were reading from about um, the first man and woman became husband and wife. And that's when uh, God instituted the um, institution of marriage. Um, isn't it possible that uh, that was just the first example? Of what a marriage is is to be, and and that uh, there are other examples, you know, the, the the woman woman example and the man man example, isn't that possible? No, sir, that is not possible. The reason why that is not possible is because of the fact that when you read in the scriptures, <clears throat> please bear with me. First and foremost, reading in Leviticus, 
18th chapter, verse 22, it says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. So there. Also, Leviticus chapter 20 and 13, it states the judgment of that type of act. It states, If a man also lie with mankind as he lie with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Now this right here that I just read was the judgment for homosexual slash lesbian acts. We are not saying that we're, we're going to go out there and find homosexuals or lesbians and kill them. We're not saying that. What we are saying is this is what the Lord has said, and this is how the Lord feels about it. Now, thank Jesus, literally, thank Christ that he came and taught and was a sacrifice for us so that for our people for, for, who are living this type of lifestyle, they have the opportunity to repent in other words, stop living like homosexuals, stop living the lifestyle of homosexuality, and stop living the lifestyle of, of, of lesbianism, come back, repent, stop that, and learn of Christ and follow his example. Now, for anybody that's out there that's saying, oh, good gracious, he's only reading from the Old Testament, let's read from the New Testament. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Bear with me again, please. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And let's read verse 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So for any Anybody, all people that's out there practicing these types of lifestyles, they will not inherit the kingdom of the Lord unless they repent, which is the beauty of verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The point of the matter is, as far as, but parenting is concerned, if you've got this type of situation where you've got same-sex parenting so forth and so on, that has to stop. Because if not, those persons will not see uh, eternal life. So to answer your question, brother, that is wrong. Now, in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, I would like to read Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 28. It reads, So ought men to love their wives, as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones, meaning we are members of Christ. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So here again in the New Testament, the Lord is outlining the structure of the family the way that it is supposed to be. Anything deviant from that is wrong, is wickedness. And, and, and let me be specific. When I say anything deviant from that, I'm referring to situations in which you've got men and men coming together uh, one to raise child and, and and you've got these men carrying on as homosexuals or you've got women or one or one woman and another woman coming together they want to call themselves coming together forming a marriage forming a union forming a partnership 
and they're trying to raise children as well uh, under uh, with the uh, with the foundation of lesbianism. That's also wrong. That's also deviant. And we just read in First Corinthians six and nine that fornicators will not see the kingdom of heaven. So the point of the matter is, for those of our people that are engaging in those lifestyles with homosexuality or lesbianism as the basis of their relationship, that is wrong, and they have to repent from that. Okay. Uh, also, also, you say you, you know you ask, well, you know, was that the example for then, and now the same sex is the example for now, and, and know that is impossible because. Uh, the word of the Lord is immutable, like the scriptures tell us in uh, Hebrews six and eighteen. And and I, that word immutable means it's changeless; it doesn't change. It, it, so, and then the Lord tells you Himself in Malachi three and six. It says, "For I am the Lord; I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are, are not consumed." Now, the entire reason the Lord doesn't change is because the Lord is already perfect. And that's what man doesn't understand. When something is perfect. You don't need to add to it or take away from it. That's why God said when he gave us his commandments, don't add to it or take away. In effect, he's telling us it's already perfect. And if you do it and live by it, then guess what's going to happen to you? You become perfect or like the scripture says, blameless, meaning without fault. So that's the whole problem that man is at. Man is too foolish to understand the advanced understanding and knowledge that the Lord has given us. That's why whenever you go into science, science catches up and say, wow, this whole thing that God said, it was actually true. Because science is behind man. And if man follows the understanding of the Lord, that's where the true advancement is going to come. And so this backwards, a uh, backwards myth uh, that we see going on with this same-sex marriage, that's all that's going to be in the end, that's going to be revealed to be foolishness. But the scriptures had already told us that, and all we have to do is follow it and don't add or subtract to it because it's already perfect. So, no. There's no new example. It was already perfect when the Lord gave us to us gave it to us in the beginning. Right. And if I could add on your side here in yeah. Isaiah forty five in verse five. Here Isaiah was showing our our wicked forefathers that that went off from the word of the heavenly father. That's why we hear and spread about in this whole world. Our wicked forefathers, the children of Israel, here the Heavenly Father uh, gave Isaiah a word, and this is what he told him. He said this in Isaiah 45, verse 5. He says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no there is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. So the thing is, the Most High, he's by himself. There ain't no counsel. He ain't looking around and, and asking, well, you know, um, well, this is what I want now. I'm, well, you think I should change it later? He ain't asking the angels that. He's not asking his son Christ that. The Most High, may, once it proceeds from the, the mouth of the Heavenly Father, it's eternal. That's it. It ain't, it ain't The Heavenly Father said he's not a man that he's going to have to change his word. The Most High's word, when it goes out, it doesn't goes out. It does not go out void. And thus said the Lord, thus said the Lord. It ain't no retracting back. If he made from the from the beginning, if the Most High says that, listen, it's not good that man should dwell alone. I'm going to make him a help me to himself. I'm um. He met that, and when, when then we read the story, we find out that he made Eve out of the what the rib of the man. So his his wife is what his flesh and blood, one flesh. They all one flesh. So now because mm-hmm. corrupt man come about, and and because of these layers of wickedness, and and Satan has got um, 
a stronghold on this on this world and wickedness is of strength now. Okay, now they want to say that this is is a, the new norm. No, it's not. It's it's the old wickedness that's from the from the beginning since Sodom and Gomorrah. But guess what? When Christ comes, that's all going to come to an end. So the the world we bring in now is look. Don't get caught up in man's philosophies and wicked counsels because this thing is going to be done away with sooner or later. But let it be known, it ain't nothing right about this. Because it's the same wickedness that we're in now on a different level, a case and example. Okay, I have grandparents. I had a grandmother. Never saw her in a, in a dress. I mean, um, pants. But then my, my mother came up, she started wearing pants. And then she, that same thing, is, and it's getting perverse, and perverse even from this point now. If you look at what these young women are wearing now, it's not even, I won't even call them pants. They're long panties and clothes of, of horse. So see that progression of wickedness? It's the same thing on this marriage issue. I'd like to bring out a point, if I could, brothers, if you don't mind, because uh, I know our, our time is getting uh, limited, but I need to read Matthew, the fifth chapter, where it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So now the reason why the scripture comes to mind is because we talked about the parents, but what about the children? What what are they learning in this type of in that type of environment? Okay, the scripture says, "I'll read it again." Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. How can you be a true example of Christ, letting the example of Christ shine before men if you are a homosexual? How can you truly show that true example of Christ, letting it shine before men? And you are a, a a lesbian or a thief or a murderer. How can you let that uh, like shine before your own children? It cannot. That is impossible. It cannot happen. So the point of the matter is, we as parents are responsible for being examples, not only in the streets where we worked in the grocery store, the movie theater, and so forth and so on, but also within our own homes. So if you've got two homosexuals. Or, 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 or lesbians living together Wherein is the example of Christ That the child is supposed to see Also Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 Brothers please bear with me Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 Train up a child in the way he should go And when he is old he will not depart from it So the way that a child is supposed to be trained up From the giddy up Is Christ The Bible, the commandments Christ's teaching, his example these are the things that we're supposed to be teaching our children. But if you've got parents, same-sex parents that are practicing homosexuality and lesbianism, that causes confusion. And what type of training will a child receive out of that type of a relationship? Nothing conducive to the scriptures, nothing in line with the scriptures, unless the parents repent and they themselves get themselves right in the eyesight of the Lord by putting on Christ and following Christ first and foremost, then maybe the child will get that proper training that the Lord describes in the scriptures. So we have the parents here to talk about, as well as the children that are affected by that type of relationship. Okay. Now, um, there's um, some other things that we want to discuss here, and one thing that uh, just brings about a lot of confusion is, uh, you know, you brothers are bringing out things in the scriptures that are contrary to what some other churches teach about this whole thing about homosexuality. In fact, there are some churches that have pastors 
that are lesbians or gay men, and these lesbian and gay men happen to be married. So, and when I say married, they're not married to the opposite sex, they're married to the same sex. So we're going to take a short break here, and when we come back, that's what we're going to discuss. Even all praise to the Most High and Son Christ. Uh, for those that live in the NYC in Manhattan, we have a show that airs every Friday at 3.30 on Time Warner Cable, Channel 57. Hello and shalom. Join us for the Spanish version of the virtual living room presented by the Body of Christ Church every Saturday at 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. In the virtual living room, we will discuss topics as they pertain to repentance and how to obtain salvation. You can join us via internet at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash ICDC or you can call us at area code 347-994-3788. Hola y salam para todos. Únete a nosotros en la sala virtual presentada por la Iglesia Cuerpo de Cristo los sábados a las 11 y media de la mañana hasta las 12 y media de la tarde. En la sala hablaremos sobre muchos temas relacionados al arrepentimiento y cómo obtener la salvación. Se nos puede unir a través de internet visitando www.blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC o nos puede llamar al 1-347-994-3788. Gracias. Que Dios por Cristo le bendiga. Thank you and may the most high name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Okay, we are back, um, and we are talking about same-sex parents, parented families. And um, before we went on break, uh, I, I was thinking about one of the things that Abaja had brought out earlier about how statistics are showing that these families with same-sex parents happen to occur largely in the Bible Belt, which Abaja really surprised me. So, uh, you know, got me thinking, you know, this is really confusing because, you know, this is the, you're saying this has occurred in the Bible Belt largely, and, um, you know, you have some churches that are headed by a gay or lesbian pastors that happen to be married or involved in relationships with, um, you know, someone of the same sex. So, Abaja, um how does that work? You know, because that kind of, you know, your brothers have brought all this information from the scriptures saying that this is wrong, that you shouldn't be involved in these type of relationships. But you have pastors over churches that are involved in these relationships. What's going on here? Well, the thing is, is that it just goes back to people just making up in their own minds how they want to serve the Heavenly Father and not doing it according to the example that was left of us of Jesus Christ. I want to read an example uh, from from the history in the Bible. I want to go to the book of Joshua, chapter 24, and I'm going to read verses 14 and 15. Because this gives our, our listeners a little bit of a background. This is when our people were going into the promised land that was given to us by the Heavenly Father. And Joshua, being the first of the judges, 
was telling the children of Israel, listen, we're going to serve the Heavenly Father, and this is the only way that we're going to remain into the land. This is, that's basically just a, a very, very brief simplification of the story. But I'm going to start at verse 14. He said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. So he's telling the people that, listen, all of those things that you learned in Egypt and all of the things that you saw in the wilderness, the things that were contrary to what the Heavenly Father gave us, put those things away and serve the Lord in sincerity and truth. And what it means to serve the Lord in sincerity and truth is first, out of a willing heart, how you read in the New Testament, how it says a sincere heart, and in truth meaning to, according to as it is written, through the example left to us by Jesus Christ. Verse 15, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the thing is, he told him, listen, you're going to have to make a decision on who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the Heavenly Father in sincerity and truth, or are you going to do something else completely different from what's, what was given to us? And that's the thing. It's saying if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord. Because the thing is, the things that we're bringing out according to the scriptures to the world, that seems evil. And because it seems evil, you have pastors that will go out and make up their own church and hold up the Bible and say that this is the love of God. I want to read an example of how um, Christ dealt, because the thing is, is that you have, you know, these churches that, that spring up with, you know, openly homosexual or openly gay or lesbian or bisexual transgender people, because they have not been accepted. They feel that I was supposed to go to a church because this is supposed to be the epitome of love. I was supposed to be received, but... They don't understand that that love that we receive from the Heavenly Father is conditional. It's contingent upon us repenting from our sins. And a perfect example of that is St. John, the eighth chapter, when the scribes and the Pharisees, what they did is they found, they caught this woman in the very act of adultery. When you read that story from St. John, chapter 3, all the way down to verse 11, they caught this woman in the very act of adultery. So now, according to the law, the judgment for that was death. But I want to go straight to the point because these people came to Jesus Christ and they were like, listen, the law says she's supposed to be put to death. But what do you say? So the point of the matter is, I want to go to verse 10. It says, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, unto her woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Because that's the whole thing. The, that whole LGBT community is like, well, people are condemning us for this lifestyle. And, you know, that's just wrong. You're not supposed to judge us. You, you know, mm -hmm. you judge that judge that you be not judged. I mean, it's just piles up all of these different things. But let's see what the Lord said. Verse 11, she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So the point was, why didn't Christ condemn her? That was, that's to be the question that, that was to be asked. Because mm -hmm. the sin of adultery falls up under that same umbrella as fornication, which did, which covers same-sex, uh, same-gender relationships. So the answer to that is, I'm going to read it right here in St. John 3 and 18. It says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. So the part of the thing is the faith without works is dead. Yeah, she had to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but he told her, go and sin no more, which means that she could no longer go back to repeating those acts 
that were contrary to the scriptures which warranted her to receive that death sentence. Same thing with anything else that's contrary to the commandments. So that's why the Lord said that he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now let's read John 3 and 19. It says, And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So it's showing you that those things that we are doing that are contrary to the commandments of the Heavenly Father as it is written, the Lord said that those deeds are evil, and when we commit those things and choose those things, because the Lord is presenting to us a choice whether people realize it or not. The same way Joshua presented a choice to the people, whether they were going to serve the Heavenly Father or serve other gods, it's the same thing now. Nothing has changed. It says if we choose to serve anything other than the Heavenly Father, the Lord calls those deeds evil, and that's where we receive the condemnation. Okay, now, Boss, you just mentioned one thing that I found real interesting about that whole incident with the adultery and all. You mentioned that it was a death sentence. And you also said that that fell under the same umbrella as fornication, which also covers these same-sex relationships. Are you in some way suggesting that the people in these same-sex relationships have a death sentence according to the Scriptures? Well, when you read the Scriptures, it says, uh, what's what's that Scripture? The wages of sin is death? Romans 6.3. Right. Let me get that real quick. Because the thing is, again, as it was stated earlier in the show, we're not running around with the mob trying to go around and condemn and burn down the houses of all, you know, all sinners. That's not what this is about. When you look Mm -hmm. at how the prophets dealt in the past and you look at how the apostles dealt, they went out and they preached the word of the Heavenly Father. Okay, as far as that judgment was concerned, that that judgment is up to the Lord. What you said was was, uh, Romans um, 6 and 23. Right, Romans 6 and 23. I'm going to start at verse 22. It says, But now being made free from sin and become servants of God, servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So the thing is, is that the Lord Jesus Christ has come to free us from those demons of sin. He's come to free us from adultery. He's come to free us from homosexuality. He's come to free, free us from idolatry and all those other things that are the breaking of the commandments. How did he do that? He gave us an example to follow on how to apply the Lord's commandments. Because verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. So it's just like you go to a job and you punch a clock or you're a salary person. When you go to a job, you earn wages for putting your time in. Well, sin is the same way. When we commit sin, we're earning to ourselves death. It said what? But there's a, there's a uh, the blessing here, too. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the gift that the Heavenly Father has given us is a way to escape that death through repentance through Jesus Christ by following his example. And that is the theme of the entire Bible. You won't you won't see anything outside of that. And people that want to push anything outside of that, they're not going according to the scriptures. They're pushing forth their own doctrine. Yeah. And if I can add on your side. Yes. St. Uh, John chapter 5. Well, this is something Christ says. St. John 5, verse 25. He says here in St. John 5, 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. So how can you say uh, here, when Christ is speaking of the dead here, he's talking that we all were dead, because a dead person can't hear. 
but a dead person spiritually that to the will to doing the will of the heavenly Father, we're in the act of doing what sins that's going to lead us to that eternal life or that eternal death. Here we were doing the works of death that's going to get us eternal damnation destroyed. Mm-hmm. So Christ is saying that's going to come a time to whoever hear my words. They're going to hit, they, though they're dead, like he said, public sinners shall go in the kingdom before you Pharisees. They were dead. But even the Pharisees knew they were dead and the wicked acts they were doing. But Christ said, they're going to go into the kingdom before you. So that's the dead hearing. So now when you hear, you shall live. So the thing is, you have to repent. Here in, um, I'm going to go down to verse uh, 28. <clears throat> it says, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, shall hear his voice. And shall come forth they that have done good unto resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto res- unto the resurrection of death. So the ones who have done what Christ said to do, Christ says their reward is eternal life, the kingdom of heaven, unto life. So now what's the opposite of life? It's death. So it's showing you if we don't do hear the words of Christ and repent and live our life by that, you're going to be destroyed. I mean, Christ put it here in simple English, clear. You're going to be, he's going to put you in that lake of fire. He's going to do it. He's going to willingly do it and joyfully do it because it's your just reward. So like we said, this show here is just to tell you, follow the words of Christ, leave off from the foolish counsel of a, of a wicked man because it's not prudent, and stay to the eternal words of Christ. So, so John, are you saying that after bringing out all these scriptures, about how vile and detestable and abominable that a same-sex relationship is, and, and I guess and especially when it involves raising children, because you 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 brought out how uh, that's actually teaching children to uh, condone these type of activities. You're saying after all that's occurred, that someone could still find themselves find salvation. Yeah. If they choose to repent and follow the words of Christ, that's the that's the the, the, um, the condition. That's the condition. Not not you you stay in that and stay in it and think, oh, I'm going to resist. I'm going to keep being a, a, the words say a sodomite or a vulnerable act. I'm going to keep doing okay. things that I do, and I'm going to get. No, you're not. You're just going to get a, a, a damnation, eternal lake of fire, the judgment of, of the Lord. You're not going that way. But if you repent. I mean, that's to the Most High Christ. Christ. The Most High Christ says, I have mercy on whom I have mercy. But let it be known, he ain't having no mercy on someone that hearing the words of Christ and, and continually rejecting because Christ showed, told you that you are my friends if ye do what so I command you. Can I read the scripture real quick? If, if you don't mind, let me, let me go into this point because before it eludes me. Uh, but please, please hold that scripture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing. You have people that want to get involved with the churches, but then the churches are pushing them away. Uh, here's, here's an example from this article. It says, so when Denise gave birth to their son, Cortland, eight months ago, it was important to them that their families to have him baptized. They began looking for more liberal denominations near Cary, North Carolina, their Cary, North Carolina home. So far, they've asked four churches to baptize their son and received refusals from all of them. One reverend wrote, Carrie, we'd be delighted to have you visit us, but unfortunately I would find it impossible to baptize a child being raised in a same-sex relationship. So when when they're getting that type of response from churches, how, uh, where's, where's the room for them to repent? 
Where's the room for well, change? They can even they can see, barely get into the church. Well, where's, the question, where's the room to repent? Remember, the only person that's doing baptizing is the word of Christ, as it states in John 15 and 3. I'm just going to read that right quick. It says, John, St. John 15 and 3, it says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Then in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the breast cannot bear fruit of itself. So the thing is, you have to cleanse yourself by what Christ said. You don't have to go to someone that has the baptism of the child. You do that by applying the word of Christ, by setting the example, and by doing what he says, you're cleansing the filth, the wicked acts, the hatreds, the, everything that's in your heart. Uh, in this case, the lust, the defiling lust, the fornication that lay with another woman or a man that lay with another man. You're washing that away by applying the word of Christ. In this case, that's what we're speaking of here. You don't have to go to anyone for baptism. You have to do the baptism yourself. And can I add something right before Zach reads the scripture? Because the point of that whole thing is like, okay, you ask the question, how can they get into the church if mm-hmm. the church is not receiving them? The whole point of them going to that church was to have that child baptized. They didn't come to repent. They didn't say, they said, we are a same-sex couple and we like to have our child baptized. When you look at the scriptures, those people that came to Christ, they came to change their ways. They that are whole need not a physician. So as far as those people are concerned, what they're doing is right and just in their own eyes. But now it's like, you know, we still we want to ha- have our child baptized. We want him to have a Christian uh, baptism, so forth and so on. So they're not coming to repent. Their purpose for visiting that church was to have the child baptized. But Hebrews okay, 12, 14. But this not where the repentance start, starts by, by, by getting in church. Isn't that where it starts? The Lord says it starts by confessing your sins, meaning that you understand what you're doing is wrong and you're going, you're starting a path of change according to the scriptures. Not, I'm just coming up, rolling up in here because I want this done. Uh, no, right. this ain't about me. This is about my child. <laughs> okay, no, that's so, not so, it. So let's, so let's say let's say that, you know, here's here's a couple. You know, it's, it's not a thing about getting a child baptized, but they want to attend the church. That's that's a road to repentance, isn't it? Just by getting in the church, right? Well, the thing was is that, read that, read that article again because I'm, I'm missing okay. something from it. Sure, just sure that thing. part. It says, uh, so when Denise gave birth to their son, Cortland, eight months ago, it was important to them and their families to have him baptized. They began looking into more liberal denominations near their Cary, North Carolina home. So far, they've asked four churches to baptize their son and received refusals from all of them. One reverend wrote, Cary, we'd be delighted to have you visit us, but unfortunately, I would find it impossible to baptize a child being raised in a same-sex relationship. So the thing was, the door was open. He said, we'd be delighted. So the opportunity was not completely cut off from those people. He said, we'd be delighted to have you if you've come to repent. But it would be impossible okay. to baptize a child in a same-sex relationship. Hebrews twelve fourteen, which says, follow peace with all men and holiness. Holiness means according to the scriptures as it is written. He didn't go. He didn't just come straight out and condemn them and say you're gonna burn in hell and fire and lake a brimstone and so forth and so on. He said, listen, if you basically what they're saying is if you're coming to repent, you're more than welcome to come to this church. If not, then this is what the Lord said: be ye hot or cold. Okay. That's mentioned. So, so then, so then, if someone. Uh, you know, say they're not involved in a same-sex relationship uh, by parenting and so forth, but this is just someone who happens to be gay, 
and they want to attend church. There's nothing wrong with that. Should the, should the church? Okay, nothing's wrong with that. Okay, all right. All right, so There's nothing wrong with that, but the, but the whole premise of a person attending church is to hear the word of the Lord and to apply it in their lives, not just to go for a social event, not just to go because they sing in the choir or they lead in the choir or they're a pastor or a deacon or they're just a regular member or they pay their tithes. The purpose of us going to a church, a building so-called or a place of worship, is to hear the word of the Heavenly Father as it is written. And if we're and not going for that, then we we have a completely misplaced understanding of what we're, what we're there for. Okay. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Even I go from what Kazaki uh, wanted uh, to bring out, there was something I know he's waiting for me to breath right now. Oh, uh, I just wanted to read that scripture because you asked you, you asked a question recently. You know, after all of this, they still have the room to repent or something to that effect. Right. <clears throat> and then, well, the Lord answers that question plainly. Isaiah 59 and verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So the point of the matter is, the Most High is not so far aloft and away from us that he can't save us out of our, save us from our situation that, we, that we're in. It's just that these acts that we are committing not just homosexuality and lesbianism, but also lesbianism, excuse me, but also thievery, murder, lie, uh, lying, uh, idolatry, adultery, celebrating false holidays. All those things are also sins, and all those things also separates us from the Lord. So for us to get back to the Lord and have that closeness with the Heavenly Father, we have to repent. That's the bottom line of it all: repentance, leaving off from wickedness. Leaving off from those things that are contrary to the Lord in the scriptures and coming back and making sure first and foremost that our mindsets and then secondly our actions are in line with the scriptures, in line with Christ and his teachings. The second scripture I would like to read is first Peter chapter three, starting at verse twenty one. It says, The light figure warrant to even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the true baptism is in repentance when we clean up, first and foremost, our mindsets, our thoughts, and we make sure that our thoughts and our mentalities are in line with what Christ is teaching. That's the true baptism. Like like, like you want to know already read, now you are clean through the word. Yes, that word washes us. First and foremost, it's supposed to wash our mindsets. So in reference to uh, uh, the couple that wanted to baptize their, children, their, their child, you're going for the wrong reasons. First and foremost, you've got to get yourself right. First and foremost, y'all got to stop that, relation, that, 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 that lesbian relationship because that's not according to the scriptures. And then through your example and through your teaching the child Christ and the child seeing the example of Christ, therein will that true baptism take place. You can okay. also, if I can uh, you, Sure. In uh, Matthew seven twenty one, I'll be brief. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So Christ is showing you right here there is no room for gray areas. You cannot 
sit and say, oh, I love the Lord, 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 then you don't do what he say. He's like, listen, you ain't going into no kingdom of heaven. And then we, also in the revelations where he wrote to the seven churches, he told them what? He said that either do your works right and stop with that lukewarm business unless I spew you out. So the thing is, you cannot sit up somewhere and think you feel good, then the rest of the time you doing wickedness, not with Christ. Christ is letting you know, man, your actions. You're going to come before me, and I'm going to weigh you on your actions, what you do day in and day out. There is no gray area. There is no comfort zone. It's either repent or just keep on in your wickedness. Okay, I want to cover one more thing in general. It has two parts to it, and that that's the thing about repentance. First, first part is, brothers, what's your definition concisely and quickly? What's the definition for repentance? Psalm 119 and uh, verse 9, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking, <clears throat> by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So the definition of repentance is first and foremost a young man or a young woman wanting to clean up their acts, get themselves right in the sight of the Lord, and they take heed to the teachings of Christ in the Bible and they apply those teachings to their lives, and they stop doing whatever it is that they're whatever it is that they're doing that's contrary to Christ and his and his, his example and his teachings. That's true repentance. Okay. So foremost in the mind, and then in the actions. Okay. And, and the second part to that, when you look at these same-sex relationships, and 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 specifically when these relationships, their their families, children involved. Uh, you talk about repenting from that. Just think about what has to go into that, and what type of changes are going to take place. All right. So it's far simpler, I would think, for someone who's gay and not involved in a relationship, uh, or homosexual, not involved in a relationship of any sort, to re- repent. But then, when there's a relationship, especially when people are cohabitating and so forth, there's some other dynamics financially and so forth and so on. But now there are children involved also. So, brothers, through the wisdom that you've gained through the scriptures, walk someone through what potentially those steps might look like in moving from being same-sex parents to repenting of that, the wickedness that you brothers have brought out through the scriptures, repenting of that and uh, coming to Christ and living a life according to Christ. How would that look? Well, that's a very good question. I understand your question. In other okay. words, basically, if, if, if I'm understanding you, how, how? in other words, you're asking us to describe the overall path of repentance that a same-sex couple would take in reference to the children that they're trying to raise, correct? Yeah. Let's just take one example. Here you got uh, 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 two women. Uh, one woman has had two children. They're living together. They have finances together. They have a car, house, and all this stuff together. And they, they listen to this program, and they say, okay, well, this has got to change. they got to go through some changes. You know, one person has to move out or something, right? So well, the thing is, the house, it's the not about getting into The children are it, it's not about. I'll, I'll answer that yourself because it's not about getting into the, the details and the specifics because when you deal with those hypothetical situations, there are a lot of unknowns that, that cannot be answered. But the beginning is the same as with everything else. It just goes into as far as repentance, and that's basically 
whatever the scripture says is that you're doing is contrary, you stop doing those, committing those acts. And moving forward in that, you know, and getting the understanding and application, you know, those other things come in time. But the okay, condition so, of it so, is just so if they stop committing, committing those acts. So if they stop having sex with one another, is that is that's enough? Just to stop having sex with one another, they can still cohabitate? Yeah, well, again, it just goes back to how the scripture says, cleanse your hearts, too, because just because you don't actually do that. Hey, for example, when the Lord had brought out Matthew about, you know, how how to actually sin starts, it starts in the mind. So when you look at it, it's, it goes back to not only stop committing those acts, but like it was brought out earlier, you have to change your frame of mind. Because, again, I brought up the point earlier, I said it's not about two men or two women cohabitating as far as, okay, we just live in the same residence. It's about the the mindset and the acts that they're committing as far as the type of relationship that they're having. So it just goes back to repentance begins with stopping, stop committing those acts that are contrary to the scriptures and also changing your mindset and adopting the mindset of Jesus Christ. Okay, so go ahead, John. You have something? Yeah, just like what Christ said, John uh, 5.25 and verse uh 14, afterward Jesus findeth him, a man that he healed with a withered hand, afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. So the thing is, stop the breaking of the most high commandment by the, by the way Christ taught, taught us how to. Right, because that, so that situation may require them to, you know, change the living arrangements and may require them to you know, um, ultimately change uh, some financial arrangements and things of that nature. But, you know, this show is not about getting into those details. The thing is is that we're about preaching repentance, and that goes into changing our mind and putting on the mindset of Christ. Well, one thing I would like to add to that, though, because you're talking about the child, it has to be also explained to the child, look, what the, the type of relationship that we were having was wrong according to the words of the Lord, and this is why we we're stopping this. So now the point of the matter is, and explain to this child, you have to explain to the child what we're doing or what we what we were what we were doing was wrong. So now we try to do now what is right. And at the same time, as far as you, young man or young lady, are concerned, that type that type of relationship that you saw us with, it uh, it was wrong. So now this is what the Lord says that. The, a true family structure is when a man and a woman come together in Christ. That's the true, the true family structure. And, and, and explaining that this is how the Lord wants us to be. Teach them the commandments. Teach them about what it means to serve the Lord. Teach them how, how to conduct themselves according to the wisdom of the Heavenly Father. All of that is also involved, especially when you deal with with a, a, a child in a same-sex relationship. As far as repentance is concerned, the children have to be made to understand, too, what it is that the Lord requires of us all. Okay. Well, uh, I tell you, brothers, we are, uh, you know, close to the very end now. I'd just like to see if anybody has anything else that they just got to burn to say about this subject. Okay. All right. Well, um, for everyone that's listening in, if anyone um, you know happens to uh, want to uh, hear this and, and, and it's really edifying and they want to make a change in their lives, 
but they kind of clueless as to where to start. There's going to be some information that will be shared at the conclusion of this program, in the outro, uh, telephone number, email address, all that stuff. Okay, so you're able to go there and uh, get in contact with someone that can help you through the scriptures understand better how uh, to approach the situation of repentance. Uh, I definitely appreciate you brothers uh, bringing out all the things that you brought out about this, uh, this, this subject concerning same-sex parenting. And thanks for everyone that is in the audience, uh, those in the chat room, those listening in, and those that listen to the archive. But most of all, all thanks goes out to the Most High in the name of His Son Christ. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thevocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at youreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.